Thank you for showing up. I've spent the last, I don't know, maybe five hours. Um, I shared with Booker, I, I don't want to teach metta today. I'm not actually feeling it today. <laughs> How can I teach it if I'm not feeling it? Right? Like, I don't want to be about being fake or um, trying to teach something that I'm not actually connecting to. So I've spent the last literally two hours listening to love songs. Because <laughs> I love music. Like for me, music is what, like, is what my soul feels. It's what like, brings me into the real. You know? So I'm actually going to share a song with you at the end. It's not somebody that I'm really that like, super connected to, but this song made sense to me. So I'm going to play it at the end. I don't know if that's ever been done in this hall, but I don't care. Because <laughs> I'm like, like, if I'm going to be me, I, I have to be me. I have to be authentic. I have to be true. I have to be Joanna in all my various idiosyncrasies, and some of them are twisted and weird, right? Some of them are freaky. Some of them are super pure and innocent. But I'm not actually willing to like give any of that up. I'm, I'm, my commitment is to myself, and my commitment is to all the ways that I um, all the ways that I show up. And I've I have worked on and worked on eradicated the ways that I showed up that happened to cause harm to other people, right? Because that's not what I want to do. So it's not like, yeah, I'm me and fuck you, right? It's not it's not so much that. But it's more how can I celebrate? How can I totally and completely and fully celebrate me? Not not cause harm. Feel my joy and my weirdness. Um, so I'm, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable in that now. And so I want to share a little bit of that with you. And one of the ways that this idiosyncrasy has shown up for me in the practice around metta and loving kindness and the Brahma Viharas that we've been unfolding for the last few days is that I didn't actually know how to love myself. I didn't know how to be kind to myself. I didn't know how to care for myself. Yeah, it just wasn't part of, it wasn't part of my experience. So when I was sitting in a room like you all right now. <laughs> I remember going, oh yeah, that's weird. You know, like, <laughs> that's not normal. You want me to do that? I don't know how. And part of why I felt like I couldn't show up for myself and I didn't know how to care for myself and I didn't know how to love myself was because I lived in a world and I lived a life where, I don't know, if you could imagine it, if you could imagine me, 
I used to like stomp through the world, right? Like, so I had a, I was a punk rocker. So like this, this image was kind of big, right? And so I stomped through the world and I took what I wanted and I numbed out to what I couldn't relate to. But I also didn't feel much, right? Like there was this part that because I was numbing out and stomping over, I felt I was, I was good. Like I felt I didn't feel any pain because I was making sure that I didn't. And by making sure that I didn't also meant that um, I didn't come into contact with anything that made me cry or anything that made me feel. Or I definitely didn't come into contact with love. My parents kicked me out of my house when I was 14. So I, I lived on the streets. I was homeless for about two years. And that was good by me. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel bad about that. It was actually better. Good, I don't have to care about anybody, and no one has to care about me, right? So I lived on the streets and with my friends, and we begged, and we did our, we did our thing. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't super emotional, you know, emo. It wasn't emo. <laughs> I don't even know if that's still a word that gets used, but I heard it like a few. I heard it a few years ago, so like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm old, so maybe it's not even what people use anymore. <laughs> so, what does love look like? What does that even mean? What is, I, I somebody like. I know we're, I can't see you right now, but you brought up a really good point. You guys, you said, you guys keep talking about this unconditional, there you are. You guys keep talking about this unconditional love, but then you also keep talking about conditions <laughs> that lead to, right? So that's really true. What does unconditional love even mean? So this metta practice was introduced to me when I came to Buddhism, when I came to this practice. And, um, you know, I thought it was a lot of bullshit. I thought, for me, it felt like this really flowery sort of um, fake exposition of love, you know? Like, oh, I'm going to say these phrases and they're going to be true. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't actually believe that. Like, for me, that wasn't, that didn't make sense. I grew up Catholic, so prayers, and, and then I became a Hindu, so, so then there was like that whole aspect of like wishing for things. Um, this idea that God is Santa Claus, you know, it's like, oh, if I pray hard enough, I'll get what I want. <laughs> and I thought all of that was bullshit. So when I came to the Buddhist practice around metta, I was like, oh, may you be happy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> may you be safe. No way. Nobody's safe, right? So my whole, like, byline was like, may you be safe? How could, no, nobody's safe. May you be free from harm? Nobody's free from harm. May you be happy? Right. You know, right? So everything, everything that I was being told to say, all of these um, phrases, I had a, that might be my problem, because <laughs> I know that might not be your problem. I'm super happy if it's not your problem. 
<laughs> for real, <laughs> for real. But it was my problem, right? I didn't believe it. I thought it was, you know, why would I believe that? I haven't seen the proof of that so far. So I had a teacher come into my life, you know, so I, here I am going along and I'm thinking, oh yeah, this mindfulness thing works for me. I can stay with the breath. I can stay with like sound, present time awareness. Cool. That I can do. Got that. But then someone told me that I had to love. <laughs> and suddenly, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. And so this teacher told me, well, you actually have to practice this thing for three months. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I took on the meta practice for three months. But what I found while I was within not that long, within a few days of the meta practice was I couldn't, the meta practice that was given to me was the self-love meta practice, which you've been doing the last few days. And I found that I couldn't love myself. I didn't know how to love myself. It actually wasn't, it wasn't modeled, it wasn't mirrored, it wasn't shown, right? Like it's not, actually in our society sometimes that can feel really selfish. Oh, I'm being selfish if I care about myself. So I didn't know how to. But part of why I didn't know how to was, yeah, all that sort of cultural stuff, but it was also because I had caused a lot of harm. The reason I got kicked out of my house was for a good reason, right? It wasn't just out of nowhere. <laughs> it wasn't because my parents didn't want to feed me anymore. It was because I was stealing and I was breaking into houses and I was using a lot of drugs and I was getting in a lot of fights and I'd been, I'd been uh, arrested a few times by the time I was 15. So my parents had kind of had it with me. And so part of why I couldn't love myself was because I'd, I'd caused a lot of harm to other people, right? When you break into someone's house and steal their shit, after a while, when you're a grown-up, you're like, oh no, what did I do? <laughs> right? At the time, it's like, no big deal. It doesn't matter, but... Now, you know, when I became an adult and had some kind of awareness, I started thinking that that was maybe a bad thing to do. <laughs> and so when I came to practice, I had a lot, a lot of burdens to contend with. And I'm not saying that you do, but... You know, even our own, I've talked to quite a few of you in the interviews, either one-on-one -on -one or in group, but, and, you know, a lot of times we just contend with our own self-judgment, right? Like, our own self-judgment can be just as abashing as if we've harmed somebody else. We can abandon ourselves or judge ourselves just as much as, as if we've hurt somebody else. We're hurting ourselves through that kind of talk, right? So I want to introduce you to, I could talk about this for so long. Like this is so real for me. This is so real for me. I could spend a lot of time with you. But I'm going to pay attention to our time. Um, 
So what blocked me from being able to send myself metta, send myself love and care and kindness, was that I didn't feel like I deserved it. Right? Like I didn't feel like wait, love, I don't deserve love. Why am I going to send myself love? So sometimes, and I'm not saying it's true for all of you, but sometimes a forgiveness practice is really needed. And so as I was told by my teacher, like, do metta three months, I tried, I couldn't. I couldn't because I hadn't come into um, any kind of relationship with how I needed to forgive myself first so that I could let it in, right? So I want to share the forgiveness practice with you. Because sometimes that's all we need. Like sometimes we just need to forgive ourselves. You know, we can, um, from the smallest of things, I didn't do well enough, I'm not good enough. Right? Like how, how pervasive is that, that I'm not good enough? So pervasive. But then at the same time, maybe we really have done something that's not okay. Maybe we really have some, caused somebody else harm. Maybe, and I haven't des- decided yet if I'm going to bring this into the practice. I'm going to ask a colleague. So the forgiveness practice involves three different aspects. It involves how I I have harmed myself, right? So forgiving ourselves for all the ways that we've harmed ourselves. It involves all the ways that we have harmed others. There's a teacher that I really love that she said, you know, people are in therapy because of you. (laughs) <laughs> like, damn, <laughs> right? Because, you know, we're all spending time on, oh, you hurt me, you know, and we're all in therapy because all the people that caused us harm, but, like, we've caused other people harm, right? Like, oh, man, the burden of how have I caused other people harm? And then the third way, so there's how have I caused myself harm? How have I caused others harm? And then how have others caused me harm? So that's a big one. How have others caused me harm? This one we can get super stuck on, right? And this I feel, the, this how have others caused us harm, actually is a big one because it, it's our parents, it's our uncles, it's our aunts, it's our friends, it's our, you know, it's so many people. So the forgiveness practice is big. And I feel like it's so big that it actually hinders us. Like it really actually stops us from being able to practice metta for ourselves or in any way. It actually, it can actually hinder us from all of our practice. If we're living in regret and remorse and past stories and all those conversations and Right? Like, I don't know, how, how many of you feel like 
you've come here and you're remembering, oh yeah, a conversation with my friend who's mad at me or some way that I'm mad at somebody else or some way that anybody, like is that is that up for people? I'm just curious because it might not be. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of big, right? This lack of perfection that we live with is real. It's normal. And then how do we practice with it? How do we have this, you know, I talked to a bunch of you today and it's like this this heart. Oh yeah, like there's this real sort of idea of the unencumbered heart that how can it be unencumbered if we've had so many other things that cloud it? And some of them are just merely a phone call, right? Some of them can just be, I was on the phone with my friend and I said something I shouldn't have said and I wish I hadn't, right? Like something as simple as that. But then it can be as extreme as I was abused as a child and I don't know how to let go and my parents are super messed up, right? So we have so many like extreme experiences. So what does the unencumbered heart look like? What is a heart that has nothing blocking it? Is that possible, do you think? I wonder. I'm kind of close, actually. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so close. Every once in a while I'll have something pop up that bugs me. But for the most part, not, not so much. So what would the unencumbered heart look like? I, I, was, um, I was teaching a retreat here two years ago. It was the People of Color retreat, and I was here with Booker. And it was, it was literally not even days, like the same day, second day maybe, as um, what happened in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, where the church got shot up, right? And a big part of our conversation, maybe not enough, it could have been more, was about like what's the idea of forgiveness when somebody comes and just decides that their truth is going to take over somebody else's truth right it's a big conversation it's a heavy conversation and i don't mean to mean i don't mean to bring too much weight to this group but at the same time i feel like it's important to bring in What does forgiveness look like in the state of America today, right? The state of our world in this way. And I'm looking at all the amazingly diverse faces here and races and genders and, you know, abilities and, you know, sort of like, well, what does that even mean? So, um... MLK Jr. has a few ideas about it. (laughs) MLK Jr. has some ideas about forgiveness and loving your enemies, which I have to say, I'm going to say some things that maybe I'm not there yet. I'm just going to say them anyway, but maybe I'm not there yet, but their aspiration. First, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. 
He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. So just check that out. Forgiveness does not mean ignoring what has been done or putting a false label on an evil act. It means rather that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship. Forgiveness is a catalyst creating the atmosphere necessary for a fresh start and a new beginning. It is the lifting of a burden or the canceling of a debt. The words, I will forgive you, but I'll never forget what you've done. Like that's super heavy, right? So when we practice the act of forgiveness, we're not saying that we forgive the act, but we are saying that we forgive the actor. So maybe the person who has contributed to an act of harm has been living in some kind of ignorance or delusion or pain on their own. The act is not okay. But the actor might just be in some kind of pain, right? Certainly one can never forget if that means erasing it totally from the mind. But when we forgive, we forget in the sense that the evil deed is no longer a mental block impeding. I'm not even going to say the next line. I'm just going to say impeding. So what happens when we decide we're going to block our hearts completely from a person or maybe a whole person's? We must recognize that the evil deed of the enemy slash neighbor. (laughs) I love how that's worded. These aren't my words, just so you know. These are MLK's words. The thing that hurts never quite expresses all that he is. So if you're imagining somebody right now who might have hurt you, or even how you've hurt yourselves, um, it never quite expresses all that they are. An element of goodness may be found even in our worst enemy. Each of us has something of a schizophrenic personality, tragically divided against ourselves. A persistent civil rage, civil war rages within all of our lives. So what kind of um, awareness can we have maybe towards ways that we've harmed ourselves, others have harmed us, or we've harmed other people? And allowing ourselves some kind of tenderness, care, forgiveness, understanding, right? Has anyone here hurt anybody else? Like, is that... Am I talking to an empty audience? Okay, okay. Has anybody here harmed themselves? 
Well, not so much. Has anybody here been harmed by others? Yeah. So what the, what the metta practice looks at really is how does that burden us? How does that hold us down? How much of your time right now has been spent on thinking about that? Like for real, you know? I mean, I feel like so much of our freedom depends upon how unencumbered we are from pain from others and ourselves. So let's uh, let's practice with this a little bit. And allow yourselves to be as comfortable in your bodies as possible. So if even if you want to lie down, that's okay. There's something interesting about being kind to ourselves that um, <laughs> that means being kind to our bodies, letting ourselves be at ease. So whatever that looks like. And I just want to say um, a few things about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not weak or naive, right? So we're not saying that um, someone that has caused us a lot of harm gets to take over. That's not what we're saying. It is not weak or naive. Forgiveness is for ourselves. It's a practice for our own hearts and mind to be free. It's not to allow anybody else to um, harm us further. Forgiveness does not happen quickly. So there's no expectation that in one meditation hour, 45 minutes, that all is forgiven. Forgiveness takes time. It's a process. Forgiveness does not forget and condone. So if we've had somebody who's been incredibly violent or invasive or harmful in our lives, that does not mean, forgiveness does not mean that it's okay what they did does not mean that. It means that we can be free from their violation, but does not forgive the action. I just want to make sure you know that. Forgiveness does not mean that we have to continue to relate to those that have harmed us. So that does not mean that we need to suddenly say, oh, come over for our birthday or Thanksgiving or be my friend, that does not mean that. Forgiveness, as I said before, is purely for our own hearts and minds. It's not for that other person to get to repeat any behavior that has been harmful. 
So with that said, just allowing your, starting first with our abdomen. Allowing your belly to be soft. Creating a lot of space. So really breathing deeply. Let's take just three deep breaths together right now. And letting the belly get as big as it needs to. Creating as much space as it needs to. And noticing how that space might have some tension in it. Maybe it's not so easy to create space. So just allowing it to be whatever it is. And then moving up into the chest area, higher up in the body, in the torso. and seeing what creating space in that area means. And as we create space in the belly and in the chest, how much room can you make through your arms, your hands, your throat, your head, your pelvis, your legs? It's just letting the space grow as big as it can. See how limitless your body can be. And so we're going to start with um, forgiveness of others. How we have hurt or harmed others. And maybe there's somebody that comes to mind for you in particular that you have hurt or harmed. 
that might be popping up through your retreat and holding you back from being able to be present. So allowing yourself to imagine or envision that person or being right now. And then knowing that there are many ways that we have caused harm. There are many ways that we have hurt and harmed others. That we've betrayed or abandoned others. And sometimes it's knowingly and sometimes it's unknowingly. We can't always be sure. Sometimes it's out of our own pain or fear or anger or confusion. So letting yourself remember now the ways that you have hurt or harmed others and why. What was going on for you? What were you not connected to? How did you abandon yourself and abandon them? So just connecting to that for a moment and then asking for forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness. I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for harming you. I didn't know. I wasn't paying attention. And just feeling into that grief, feeling into the sorrow And sometimes we don't have the opportunity to apologize. Sometimes we don't even know that we've harmed somebody else. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. just allowing yourself to settle for a few moments with how you might have caused harm to somebody else and they're living with they are living with the outcome we walk away and they're still living with it I'm sorry I apologize please forgive me And then let's move into, for the purposes of the practice, moving on. How have hurt and harmed myself? How have you abandoned yourself? How have you 
betrayed yourself. And just checking out the phrases. There are many ways that I have hurt or harmed myself. I have betrayed or abandoned myself. Through thought, word, or deed, knowingly or unknowingly. How many times do we just not even know? We're just going for it and then we end up with the pain of it. For the ways that I have hurt and harmed myself through action and sometimes inaction, right? Like when we don't even speak up, when we don't stand up for ourselves. How do we harm ourselves by not speaking up? By inaction, out of fear or pain or confusion. And just allowing ourselves a heartfelt forgiveness. I forgive myself. I forgive myself for all of those ways that I've betrayed, abandoned, abused, not paid attention to myself and what I needed. I forgive you. Can we forgive ourselves? So knowing that you can carry this practice throughout your um, days that you're here on retreat or beyond that, but let's experience the idea or the possibility of all the ways that we have hurt or harmed, been hurt or harmed by others. This is a big one. All of those who have hurt or harmed us. And we can be holding stuff from, you know, the third grade playground all the way from there until like the real stuff that is really not okay. I remember the ways that others have harmed me, wounded me out of their own fear or pain or confusion or anger or anger. And then just recognizing how long this heart has been carrying that pain. How long have you been carrying the pain of hurt from others? To the extent that I am ready, only when we're ready we offer forgiveness. To the extent that I am ready I offer forgiveness. I forgive you. So if there is somebody that you're recalling right now, I forgive you.
also remembering that forgiveness is not forced. It's not fake. It's soft, it's gentle, it's slow. We are looking at how we have harmed others and how that burdens us, how we have harmed ourselves and how that burdens us, and how others have harmed us and how that burdens us. And just here, letting yourself know it. It's okay. It's okay here, right now. None of us are actually free from this. There are many ways that I have hurt and harmed myself. I have betrayed or abandoned myself through thought, word, deed, knowingly or unknowingly. Sometimes it's just our own ignorance that doesn't let us see how we're hurting ourselves. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. For I now remember the many ways others have hurt or harmed me, wounded me out of fear or pain or confusion. I forgive you. I forgive you. There are all those ways that I may have hurt or harmed others out of my own pain or fear or anger or confusion. I just didn't know. I ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive me. Knowing that none of this needs to happen too quickly, just allow yourself to sit in that for a few moments.
Okay, so this is my super corny part of my talk. I'm going to play a song. <laughs> and I pick this song. Wait, I don't even know why I pick this song. I pick this song. It's, it's more of a love story for yourself. How? So this isn't, when we, when we hear the word, they say you, but what I want you to think about is I. How do I stay with I? How do I love I? Okay? This is a love song for you. From me to you. Can you hear it through the microphone? Okay. We've been together for a while now. Growing strong every day now It feels so good and there is no doubt I will stay with you As each morning brings a sunrise And the flowers bloom in springtime Oh my love and you can rely I will stay with you Oh I will stay And the doubts I will stay with you When no one else is around When the dark clouds arrive I will stay by your side And I know it'll be alright I will stay with you Relationships can get old Have a tendency to grow cold We've got something like a miracle And I'll stay with you Oh, I will stay with you Through the ups and the downs I will stay with you When no one else is around When the dark Stay by your side, and I know it'll be alright. I will stay with you. There'll be heartaches and pain. So beautiful and divine We'll be lovers for a lifetime And I'll stay with you Oh, I will stay with you Through the ups and the downs I will stay with you When no one else is around When the dark clouds arrive I will stay by Side. And I know we'll be alright I will stay with you mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you will stay with you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.